keeping hope alive. Now let me show you this, is that I was in my office Monday, I had all my notes together, everything was set, been set for a long time, and the Lord said to me, I wanna show you just a, a few more things and I want you extend the teaching on when you are under attack. So today will be part two in the series called Keeping Hope Alive, and uh, next week will be part three of when you are under attack. God is a restorative God, and through our faith in Christ, who is the Word, thank you, Pastor Dan, for that very unique revelation of that, that produces the nature of hope. Our faith in Christ, the Word, what the Word says, that produces a nature of hope. That allows all the characteristics, everything that hope is, to extend in our life where we begin to see and perceive correctly. See, in many instances, the enemy comes in and attacks, and we're talking about spiritual attacks, and he, his passion and his desire is to bring deception in our hearts to where our hearts become divided. So to protect your hope, you must have an undivided heart. To understand an undivided heart, your heart is your spirit and your soul. So it's when your soul, your mind, will, and emotions is renewed daily in the truth, the truth, and then has no conflict with your spirit. Because why, as Terry taught us, that your spirit cannot sin because the Bible tells us that. It is your soul that has that sinful ability. So the scripture says that we are to give God our whole heart. We're to give him our spirit and our soul. And when you do that, and it is submitted to the things of God, your spirit is, but when your soul comes under subjection and is submitted, that's what the Bible calls a whole heart. So let's continue today giving you the next two points in what to do when you are under attack. When the enemy comes in, and attacks you when there are spiritual attacks. Again, let's, let's uh, turn to Psalm 42. And let me repeat again from last week that Psalm 42 and 43 are the same psalm. When they translated the Bible, they made them two psalms, but it is one psalm that David wrote. So both 42 and 43 have basically the same content and is talking about the same thing. So when David wrote this, it was when he was under attack. When David wrote Psalm 42 and 43, he was under attack. We found out what that was. The attack was that his son Absalom was trying to kick him out as king. He was trying to remove. Absalom became angry and bitter and decided he was going to go after his father. So we made some statements and many things you face today, you will find that they are spiritual attacks. And we had to come to an understanding. The number one thing, the very focus that we need to understand is where these attacks come. The Bible says that our battles are not against flesh and blood, against people, but against spiritual wickedness, principalities. So it is a spiritual thing. 
And so we must recognize that Satan is the cruelest person in the world. Satan hates you. The Bible says a thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his focus. That's his goal. That's what he does 24-7. As he desires to steal, kill, and destroy. But we have found out at Valley that we have authority over the enemy. That he cannot just come in and take from you and steal from you. He has to do something. He has to get you into a divided heart. He has to get you into a place where you believe what he's saying other than what the Word of God says. So he will come at you, and Satan will accuse you, and if you do not recognize it's coming from him and don't do anything, he will never stop. It'll be a continuous thing. I know that some people have said things like this, Why does this always happen in our family? It's a spiritual attack. And we didn't recognize that it's a spiritual attack. So in all of our desire to change it, all our desire to make it uh, different, we didn't recognize it as a spiritual attack, and we didn't go after it. We did not stop it because God says that we have authority. We are the ones that can do that. That's why we're on this earth, to represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus Christ, the Word of God. So David, in his heartache, does what he usually does, what we should do. He spends time with God, and he writes a psalm that we are blessed to read and to learn from. So this time, though, he is under a spiritual attack like no other that he's faced before. And this spiritual attack we find through the writing, but it changes because he gets revelation it is beginning to make inroads where he has begun to lose hope. David has begun to lose hope. How many of you have been in a place, you don't need to raise your your hand, but how many of you have been in a place where you basically are losing hope in a situation and sometimes you've just given up and you've gone another direction? God says go this way, but you're going that way, not because you want to disobey God, but you've lost hope in God's direction. And I want to encourage you today that as we uh, continue in this teaching of keeping our hope and protecting our hope, that we're going to begin to see things different now, that we're going to begin to see things change. Why? Because we are anointed. God has given us a gift in the midst of the message, but what I want to say to you that many people can have what they need, but they don't use it because they don't know what it is and they don't know how to use it. And I'm going to show you how. And I'm going to show you what it is. So David begins, or remember this, David begins to write Psalm 42, verse 1. He says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. We understood about a deer. Okay, I grew up in Michigan and there are about 3 million deer in Michigan. And uh, you see deer as you drive down the freeway, you can see deer in, in the woods next to the freeways. A deer, when he is under attack, runs as fast as it can to get away from danger. And that is the only time that the deer p- 
repents is when he is in danger. So we correlated what David was saying to you and me is this, is that when you pant towards God is in reality is when you are in danger under a spiritual attack. Now, there's, there's a difference of, of because you love God and you're worshiping God and, and you're growing in the word of God and, and, and you're just really becoming that man or woman that really loves the word and every single day your spirit just wants to shout and your soul just shouts out to the Lord because of the joy in your life. But David was saying, I panted towards God because I was losing hope and I didn't know what to do. And he was looking at this deer drinking water. Why? Because when a deer is being chased and is in danger and under attack, can burn up up to 80% of their water reserves. And if the attack continues, have you ever thought sometimes with the the pain that you're in and the suffering that you face, you felt like you're going to die? Your soul was in anguish and you felt like you're going to die? If a deer is chased hard enough, they will die just because of the fear of running from danger. And that's the way David was feeling as he began to write this psalm. So the first thing they do is when they get away from the danger is to go to the water and drink. And we understood is that when you are in danger, you need to go to the water of the word. You need to go to Jesus Christ. You need to go to the Father. Let the Holy Spirit bring you into his presence. So David has expended a lot of energy and faith and is really getting tired of this attack. So as he's in the wilderness, he probably sees this deer drinking water and he pens this, Father God, you are the only one that can refresh me. I've tried everything. I've tried to think. My soul is just overwhelming me part of his heart, and, and I, I just recognize you are the only one that can help me and change this thing and make it turn around. If I didn't get it from you, David is saying, my hope will die. So church family, whatever you are facing in your spiritual attack, only our Lord Jesus Christ can change it. Your family may be coming against you. Maybe your friends have come against you. Neighbors, whatever it may be. Every time you turn around, something fails. Something's not working. You have tried to fix it, but it's gotten worse. And we've understood is because David says, as a deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. And you've been learning at Valley. You've been learning here about worship. You've been learning about going and getting the word of God when you're, when you're sick and, and to stand on the word of God. And even though you feel this way, the doctor's saying this and the doctors are needed and they're smart and they know and they're telling you the truth that in the physical, this is going on in your life. But this is a spiritual battle. And God says that, that you are more than conquerors and you can win this battle. But what it takes is what we're learning here in the points of what do you do when you're in a battle? Our first point of the four that we covered last week is recognize you were in a battle. 
Many people just think it's, it's others. Again, the Bible says your battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people, even though these people are the ones that are creating it. But there's something behind it. The situation that's happening, there's something behind that. And it is the enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10.10. But Jesus came to give you life, and that life more abundant. So you choose. Satan is so cruel, know this, that the battle is real. I gave you an oxymoron. The battle is real. And what they say, they is the enemy, is a lie. It's a real lie. It is real. It's happening. Don't stick your head in the sand and say, you know, no place like home and click your heels three times and try to get, you know, go back to Kansas. The reality is it's real, but it's a lie. And you need to recognize in that real lie that you have the power of that. And according to Zechariah chapter 3 and Jude chapter 9, we are to walk in the authority because the Lord rebuke you, Satan. That's what it says in those two scriptures. And we, and we see the power of God. You know, we are to love people. We are to forgive. We are to be gracious. But be strong regarding the deception of Satan. So it is a real spiritual battle, but it's a lie. Because the truth will set you free. It is getting into an understanding that it's the word of God that is truth. And it's the word of God that will manifest in your life. It's the word of God that will change things when you understand that you are in a spiritual battle. So the second point when you are in a spiritual battle, I want to say this to you. Stop listening to yourself. Because remember, you have a heart that's the soul and the spirit. The spirit cannot sin, but the, the soul can. And the soul is, and what, what David is talking to, we're going to read here, he's talking to his soul. He's literally talking to his soul, but the problem was that he's been listening to his soul. Stop listening to yourself. Look at verse 4. David starts almost defeated, but he changes. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. So in other words, his soul is talking. He says, I just talked to myself. How many of you have sat in a room and before you got out of that room, everything got worse? Nothing happened different, but it got worse. Why? Because your soul was talking to you and saying it'll never work. You're like Eeyore. It'll never work. I know the word says this, but this is what's going on. This is real. Yeah, but it's a real lie. And the word of God is truth. We get our minds so full of stuff and, and everybody's against you. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's doing that. Everybody hates you and all. And, and it's a real, it's real hatreds out there, but it's a lie. Because there are people that love you. You come to the valley, you will be loved. We're not perfect, but you will be loved. So he says, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. I just talk to myself. Remember, right this time, he's being driven out of the city. Let's continue verse 4. For I used to go with a multitude. I went with them to the house of God. 
with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Well, let me tell you what he's really saying here. For I used to go with a multitude. I went with them to the house, I just remember, with the house of God. Oh, we were all together. Oh, just kumbaya. We were just so happy. With a voice of joy and praise. With a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. In other words, they had the best potluck in the world. He was feeling sorry for himself. Why? Because he was listening to his soul. He was listening to himself. He was listening, he, was, he got to a place where he was by himself to write, to be with God, and he was just pouring out his soul, but really he was talking to himself. And he's telling himself, you know what, this is really bad, I don't know how it's going to change. You know, I mean, this is the guy that, that defeated Goliath, this is the guy that saw God do ma- amazing things, and here he is as the king feeling worthless. Doesn't matter what position you have in life. Doesn't matter how much money, what color your skin is. What matters is that you begin to see God's truth. And you stop listening to yourself. See, when you are depressed, (laughs) that's gonna sound like an oxymoron too, don't cheer yourself up. It's a depressed person trying to cheer up a depressed person. Can you imagine that? Two Eeyores. It'll never work. I know. It'll never work. And that's what happens when we get into ourselves and we listen to ourselves saying that it doesn't work. What we need to do is we need to get with someone else. We need to get in the Word of God. We need to be in church. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Sometimes you just need to put on some worship music. Sometimes you just need to get into a room, and in spite of what your soul is saying, you need to say, you know what, shut up, soul. I don't want to listen to you anymore, because every time I listen to you, this is how I feel. And we need to get that changed. Because what happens there? As we've learned, that's a divided heart. The Spirit will not sin. The Spirit will say the right things. The Spirit will worship God. Have you ever stood here on Sunday, had your hands raised and tears going down your cheeks, and you're worshiping God, and right in the middle of just this emotion of, oh, God, that you think about your problem. And you just get into that place, and you're just saying, What in the world? It's a spiritual attack that is attacking your soul. And we're going to read David as he begins to express and explain these things. He begins to tell us what this is. So we need to recognize it's a spiritual battle and we need to do something about it. We need to do something about it. The Bible says to wait on the Lord. Uh, waiting on the Lord is not just sitting around, kicking back, and crossing your legs. Waiting on the Lord is a spiritual action. 
that you begin to move into that realm of understanding what the truth is, and you begin to take control. And we're going to show you how to do that. We're going to show you exactly what the Word of God says in how we do that. So when you are in a spiritual battle, attack back. Attack back. Everyone say, attack back. Okay, it's not your neighbor. Don't slap the person next to you because they said what they said this morning. It's not flesh and blood. It's a spiritual attack. You know, some people, you know, when things go on, they just sit around and just, oh, oh. You know what? It's real. You're hurting. It's real. You're feeling what you're feeling. God gave you emotions to feel, and it's real. But I want to tell you, the essence of what made you feel that or the essence of what made sickness happen is going right back to a spiritual attack. It is a demonic attack. It is an attack of the Satan that hates you and wants you to feel this way and wants you to walk in depression the rest of your life. He doesn't mind you going to church. Because you're going to go back home and still do the same thing. He doesn't mind you going to conferences and learning about marriage because you're going to still act the same way in your marriage because what it is is that your soul has taken control of your life. Everyone love your pastor? Thank you. Get in the presence of the Lord. We must attack back and stop listening to ourselves or to yourself. You know, we're even taught at a young age to express our feelings, to get in touch with self. Well, that's our first mistake. When you are in a, the thing we should learn is to fill our hearts with good things. To get ourselves into a life. When you have children, young children, grandparents, fill them with good things. Fill them. I don't care if you have to tell them five million times that you love them, that you are the greatest person in the world to Papa. You say it because you got to get into that realm to where their soul cannot, when they start feeling bad about themselves, when they start feeling worthless, that they can remember, Papa said, I'm amazing. And then you get them to the real Papa, Father God, and teaching them the love of God. That's why I love the teachers across the way with our children, is because the people that are teaching that they love Jesus and they know the love of God. And they're teaching our children here about the love of God. So we have to get to a place that when you are in a spiritual battle, you must talk about it in a right way. David was talking to himself out of his soul. He was talking to himself. So I gave you an oxymoron, the attack is real, but a lie. I just told you to stop talking to yourself but now, let's look at point three. Point three is start talking to yourself the right way. 
start talking to yourself the right way. Pastor, what are you talking about? Glad you asked. I'll show you. Terry perfectly described it two weeks ago. David says, I pour out my soul. Your soul is self-psyche. It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. If it's your emotions, thoughts, or feelings you are struggling with, they will affect every decision that you make. If your soul is, you're struggling in your soul, it will affect every decision you make in life. You could go to church, you can tithe, you can be a giver, you can help your neighbor, you can feed the hungry, you can work in cares ministry, you can do all these different things. But if you don't understand in the spiritual attack that the enemy is zeroing in on your soul and wanting you to live by what your soul feels, and if you don't understand that, you don't recognize it, and you don't see it as a lie, then what's going to happen is you're going to listen to self. But how you fix it is you begin to talk to yourself the right way. The statement, stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself, is this. Number five, stop listening to your soul and start talking to your soul. So you're saying, Pastor, that I need to talk to myself? Yeah. You know anybody that talks to themselves? Yeah. (laughs) And you go, what? Oh, nothing, I'm just talking to myself. Stop listening to the soulish part of you. That's that spiritual attack. And let your spirit start talking to the soulish part of you. Let me explain. Verse 5. David says in verse 5, Why are you cast down, O soul, O my soul? And why are you disquieted or loud within me? He's still speaking to a soul from his spirit. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Hope in God, for I, my spirit, shall yet praise him. He's saying, soul, why are you? He started off, oh, I just wish I'd be back in the city and everybody kumbaya and holding hands and singing. He says, no, wait a minute. I understand this. See, the revelation of the Holy Spirit is coming to to David, and he's saying, this is what I need to understand. He's saying, why are you cast down, soul? And why are you loud within me? You need to hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. No matter where I am, no matter what's going on in my life, I will praise him. That's coming from his spirit. His soul doesn't want to do it. He's been having a divided heart, and he doesn't want to do it. See, when you get in your car, well, let me, let me say this. The word cast down means pushed down and depressed. Push down 
and depressed. Why are you pushed down, soul? Why are you depressed, soul? See, when you get in your car and you want the car to move forward, you depress the accelerator, you press down the pedal. David is saying this. Listen very closely. Recognize there is an enemy. His name is Satan, and he is trying to push me down so he talks to a soul. And what is he saying to a soul? Rise up, dude. Get out of your fog. Get out of your junk. Get out of that emotion that you're angry at everybody and you're mad at everybody and no one loves me and no one, oh, if only we could go back. To... Get out of that, soul. Where's that coming from? Well, my neighbor, no. Where's that coming from? It is a spiritual battle and it is coming from the enemy. Why do people hate you? It is a spiritual battle, and that's coming for the enemy, and their soul is literally growing into hatred towards anybody around them. And that's why they act the way they do. Why are they on drugs? Because their soul rules their life. Why are they having problems with all kinds of things? Because their soul rules their life, because if their spirit ruled their life, the spirit cannot sin and they wouldn't be in that problem. That's the first aspect of defeating the enemy because I want to tell you, the enemy just can't walk up to you and slap you because he knows you can slap him back and you're bigger in Jesus, Right? So what he does is he attacks your soul so that your soul starts yelling at you. Going to church, oh, all that jargon they teach, oh, geez, so boring, so yeah. Well, how's that working for you when you're living by your soul? Amen? Amen? How's that working? Well, it's going really good. Okay, how many friends you got? Well, I don't know. Have you ever been in a meeting and you haven't had breakfast and your stomach starts to growl? And everybody who, you know, because we're all used to meetings, you know. I used to be in a lot of boards and stuff. And everyone's just kind of used to that and they don't look, but they hear it. And you see all of a sudden their eyes just go, because they're really looking at you. And you're going, drink water and stuff. And it's growling. Well, <laughs> you start, start saying things like, well, I didn't have breakfast today. David is talking to his soul. Why are you growling? Look at Psalm 131, verse 2. Let's look at this on the screen. David speaks of a soul as a baby. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. David later on writes this, and he's literally talking about how he has weaned his soul from the mess it used to be in. 
So let's look at this. A weaned child, what happens if you take him off milk and put him on solid foods? Okay, what happens? The child begins, doesn't like that, wants its milk. Let me ask you this. When you first take a baby off the bottle, what does he do? He cries and he throws a fit. You throw a passy in his mouth? Well, they didn't have passies back then. Your soul right now, if you are going through this thing that you feel like that there's no hope and you're quitting and you're saying, I don't want to do this anymore and you're running around like a chicken with its head cut off, your soul is throwing a fit in a temper tantrum because your soul wants to rule you. Paul says to the Corinthian church, I should be feeding you solid food by now, but I still have to give you milk. It's found in 1 Corinthians 3.2. Because the Corinthian church at that time of the writing, they were soulish people. You have a spirit and a soul. Your spirit should rule over your soul. Let me explain that to you. When you're born on this earth, your soul comes alive at conception. How many of you realize your children have different personalities? Their soul comes alive at conception. Then you get saved, and your spirit, which was dead in sins, comes alive. You follow me? So from the beginning of physical birth, your soul comes alive. Party. Your soul begins to make decisions. That's why the Bible, watch this. It'll give you understanding of the scripture. Rebellion is born in the heart of a child. But it is the rod of correction, the word of God, and discipline that will drive it far from them. See, when you are born physically, what you have to understand, your soul is king. That's why the first five years, 85% of what your children will learn and what they will become, they learn the first five years. Studies show that. And we have to get to an understanding is that our soul begins to grow up. We talk about our children growing up and maturing. Your soul matures, but if your soul matures without the word of God, then your soul will always be in sin and will always have struggles in life will always act according to anger and frustration and all these different things. And what we have to understand, that the spiritual attack, we think, oh, the devil did it. No, the devil made your soul rule and we make decisions. It might take a year, it might take two years, it might take five years, but then our soul guides us into our difficulties. When God says, I have given you life and that life more abundantly. I have given you an ability to walk in truth, and the truth will set you free. Set you free from what? Read around that scripture. 
We always quote that scripture, we read around it, and you'll find out what. I got saved when I was around 18 years of age. So my soul was in charge for 18 years. The Bible says a soulish person is a selfish person. Now, our spirit says, watch this, when you become born again, you won't act that way anymore, soul. And our soul throws a fit. Remember when uh, Paul said in Scripture, he says, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do? Okay? It's because the soul's throwing a fit. And the enemy is doing this and, and bringing us into a place where these things, the stuff in life and how we were raised and all the different things. You know, I want to tell you, I thank God for my family. And by the way, my mom and my brother are coming out in June. You'll be able to meet them. And, and I, I just, I just want to tell you, in Jesus' name, if we do not recognize this battle, and we do not recognize that it's a lie, and we don't understand that we got to stop listening to our soul, but listen to our spirit, <laughs> how do you listen to your spirit? You speak to your soul. The kind of, what? How do you listen to your spirit? Is you speak to your soul. You see, the two parts of your heart, you have to continue on a daily basis, speak to that other half of your heart. So you keep it undivided. You have to tell it. Now, here's another scripture. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, and we're going to, uh, yeah, we're going to have to because of time. But we're going to close on this. Is This is how you defeat a spiritual attack. Our spirit says you won't act that way anymore, soul, and our soul throws a fit. But this is how you defeat a spiritual attack. Your soul submits to your spirit. Comes under the same mission. What is your goal? What is your mission? Who are you? Who are you in Christ? I just, I look and I, I, I listen to the world and they're looking for identity. They're looking for all this identity and I'm this, I'm this, I'm, I do this, I do this, I live this way, my sexual preference is this way, everything. And the reason is because they're listening to their soul, your spirit will tell you exactly who you are. You are a child of God, born of God, and you could do great and mighty things. Why? Because you are a son or a daughter of God when you become born again. And you won't have problems with identity. You won't have problems with anger. You won't have problems with these things if you allow what? Here it is. Your soul submits to your spirit. This, listen to this, is where you read in the Bible the principle of the older will serve the younger. The older will serve the younger. My soul is older than my spirit. My soul is 18 years older than my spirit. But my spirit is born again, transformed by God, brand new, cannot sin. And if my 
older self will submit to my younger self, what will happen, he will come in line with righteousness. He will come in line with truth because the Spirit can never say a lie. The Spirit can never uh, do anything in sin. And because of that, then my soul, if I'm submitted to my spirit, then my soul will never allow the spiritual attack to get me to the place where I make decisions based upon my soul, but I make every decision based upon my spirit. The Word of God. Isn't that amazing? Some of you maybe were 50 when you got born again. So your soul is 50 years older. Lot of wisdom. No, not really wisdom. <laughs> Lot of experience of deception. And I'm just going to say it. Lying and cheating. Saying one thing and doing another. <laughs> Anybody can, yeah, mm-hmm, test to that? But when you submit to your spirit, it will change. Now, Genesis 25, verse 23, this is what I'm talking about where the older uh, submits to the younger. And the Lord said, regarding Jacob and Esau, and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, two people shall be separated from your body, one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. This is the perfect picture of your heart. See, I want to tell you, every one of you, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you've done, you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're born again, and your sins have been removed. People will point their finger at you and still remember your sin. How many of you know people, but I've changed. I know who you really are. They're pointing at you, right? Okay. And the Bible talks about that too. You know, our actions will create problems for us in our future. You're forgiven. You're going to heaven. You're a good person now. (laughs) But some people still remember who you were. But you can't live by that. You can't allow that. Some of you that have been, you've had the difficulty that you've, you've done things and you were in prison. And, and it's hard to get a job because of your past. Some of you have, have uh, you know, struggling with the relationships because when you were younger, you lived by your soul in relationships. And when you try to really, after being born again, and you're struggling in relationships still, it's because, why? Because of that soulish aspect that is still there. You need to win. You need to to come and become that more than a conqueror. Your spirit, Jesus Christ did it, and he made your spirit brand new that cannot sin. You have victory in everything if you understand this truth. Everything. Hallelujah. So the older serves the younger. And we have to get to that place of recognizing that you're going to do something about it. What's the first thing? Here it is. 
is that the older serves the younger. You have an undivided heart. The next thing, then you take the offensive. I didn't say become offended. I said you take the offensive. You now take the word of God and you begin to speak over your future. Because remember, hope's for the future. When you begin to understand this, then your hope will always be huge. Why? Because your soul and your spirit are in line with God's call, God's word, God's plans, many of the plans of man, soul, but it's the plans and the purposes of God that will prevail, spirit. You could just bring that in almost every scripture you read. You have an amazing ability, an amazing call. You can succeed in anything you put your hands to as the Spirit leads. Amen. Amen. See, you don't live my call, you live your call. I don't live your call, I live my call. And, and sometimes people, because they live by their soul, they want everybody to kumbaya together. We're all the same. No, we're not. No, we're not. We serve the same God, but we have difference in our calls and our giftings and our abilities. That's why we need to accept one another and believe in one another. Believe in your gifts. Believe in your brothers and sisters' gifts. Walk together, and when we do that, and everybody's walking with an undivided heart and being in victory, stop listening to self and start talking to self, what happens is we will have victory in our cities. We'll have victory in our state. We'll have victory in our country. We'll have victory in our world. Let's bring it now to a smaller area, to some of us. You'll have victory in your life, and you'll have victory in your home, and you'll have victory in your job, because you're a more than conqueror. Live with an undivided heart. Understand that when you become depressed, when you become angry, it's your soul talking to you. And understand, it's a lie from the enemy. Sure, that person said that to you. Sure, that person did that, and it's wrong. But why go into their ditch? Why jump, oh, I don't like what you did. What you did hurt me. Here, let me go live with you in your ditch. No, you forgive. Spirit, talk to your soul. Knock it off. Forgive. Move on. Amen? Amen. Some of you are looking at me like. Because <laughs> that older person's still speaking to you. Amen? It's true. Plain as, plain as can be. Let's all stand. Amen.